The first lesson is written in the fifth chapter of First John, beginning with the first verse. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. But for the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the boldness we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have obtained the request made of him. If you see your brother or sister committing what is not a mortal sin, you will ask, and God will give life to such a one, to those whose sin is not mortal. This is the sin that is, there is a sin that is mortal. I do, I do not say that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that is not mortal. We know that those who are born of God do not sin, but the one who was born of God protects them, and the evil one does not touch them. We know that we are God's children and that the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue worshiping God now with the reading of the Holy Gospel from John chapter 16, starting in the 17th verse. As you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you'll not see me. And again, a little while and you'll see me. And because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. When it's time for a trip, how much do you pack? How much thought do you give into what you pack? And I suppose how long it takes you to pack and how much thought you give depends on how long the journey is or how far off the place it is that you're going and removed from the amenities that we're used to or what that destination is like or or maybe how important that destination is. You ever spent hours, days, or even weeks preparing for a journey? I remember when my brother-in-law was preparing to hike the Pacific Rim Trail, he spent months going over every little detail of his packing list and what he'd have in his backpack. And that's what we have here in this letter of 1 John today. We have Jesus' best friend, the first apostle, the last of the twelve to have breath on this earth. He calls us His beloved children. And He wants to help us get packed for the journey. He's doing this out of love. A journey He calls what God's Word calls walking in the light. So I want you to feel the, the love in which He shares these words through the power of the Holy Spirit for us. And the importance of preparation and the importance on what it is we are to pack. He reminds us way back in chapter 1 that he says, I want you to know that and to have your joy be made complete. That's why I write these things. But now he says in chapter 5 how to do that. He says, you do that by being assured of your redemption, of your salvation. Well, how are we assured of our salvation? He says, well, in chapter 20 of his gospel, he tells us, I I wrote those things, I wrote those things so that you would receive the gospel. Now, having received the gospel, I want you to be assured and sure of it. Like a child who is born, there's no going back on childbirth, and there's no going back on being proclaimed now children of God. We have assurance in our salvation that comes from Christ. And how can we be sure? On this All Saints Sunday, he says you can be sure by walking in the light. And how do we walk in the light? And here it is in chapter 5. He reminds us throughout this letter now and again what it is we're to pack. We're to pack repentance and the reception of this gift. We're to pack righteous belief in who Jesus is and the testimony that God revealed to us through the apostles. We're to pack faith, as we hear in these first few verses, and as we've heard throughout his work, we're to pack love. And how do we pack it? 
Well, I know when I'm getting ready for a trip, thanks be to God, my wife helps me every time. So I don't forget something crucial. And here too, in this important packing job, God gives us a helper, and it's God Himself, the Holy Spirit, to help us pack what we need for this journey. And John writes again of his threefold thesis. He's not arbitrary about it, as one commentator puts it in these first five verses. He makes great pains to show us the essential unity of these three things that he's been talking about throughout his letter. Woven together, obedience, belief. And as he weaves them together, he weaves it together now again with love. And we follow God's command when we walk in that kind of light with obedience, belief, and love. He says that these three woven together into a single coherent fabric, as we see, as one commentator puts it, cannot be distangled. These threads cannot be pulled apart. And it's not, as he writes in these first five verses, a burden It's actually a gift from God. General Charles Duke, who was one of those who walked on the moon, on Apollo 16, as David Allen tells the story, he was at a a dinner party, and he was asked, oh, weren't you tempted to just kind of go off on your own and uh, have some fun on the moon, do some things that you wanted to do? He said that, no, Everything that we did was scripted by mission control. And we were very careful to follow every instruction, every command to the letter. Because we knew that not only did we want to walk on the moon, but we wanted to get home. And they had our very lives in their hands. And so we followed every step. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't even a second thought. We followed every word. Turns out, it was a good thing. They had just 60 seconds of fuel to launch to get off the moon that day. You see, it's not a burden, this walk, walking in the light that God gives us. It's a gift. It's a gift from God to be revealed in our lives. Martin Luther who we talked about last week, refers to this uh, gift and this commandment that John gives us and reminds us back of what Jesus said, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This gift of walking in the light is not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a gift to live into who we are. When we complete God's mission, His way, following in His footsteps, it's always for our good. It glorifies God, our Father in Heaven, but it's always by His grace for our good and the good of the world. And so we are invited now to walk in this light as a gift from God. Now having packed obedience and belief and faith, He says now we have victory. We have victory from that faith. And then in verses 6 to 12, 
John reminds us again to be careful what we pack when it comes to what we believe. And he reminds us, as he's reminded us throughout the letter, about the testimony that we've received. And now he says, as one scholar puts it, he's got corroborative testimony for us. And that corroborative testimony is once again threefold. It's water, blood, and the Spirit. Now, scholars have wondered what John meant about that. They struggled with it. Martin Luther thought, well, maybe he's talking about baptism and Holy Communion. Maybe there might be a hint there, but as we look more deeply, scholars now have come to agree after wondering, well, maybe he was talking about the water and blood that John talked about coming off of Jesus' side at the cross. No, no, we looked at this letter more closely, and now we realize it's about what we believe. And what has John been teaching about? What we believe is that Jesus is God, and Jesus is fully man. And so at Jesus' baptism, the very word of God proclaimed that he is my son, with whom I'm well pleased. The water testifies to the fact that Jesus is God. And the blood testifies to the fact that on the cross, he was fully man and died for our sins. And those testimonies are affirmed now by the Holy Spirit. And these three voices were significant for John because he knew that in his day in the courtroom, if there were two or three testimonies, it was absolute truth. And so here we have the absolute truth of who Jesus is being affirmed one more time that He is God. He is man. And it is proclaimed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. This absolute truth of who Jesus is must be in our packing list to walk in the light. Whoever has the Son has life, He says. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And this is the command. This is the love that He gives us to pack that. It's not, it's not a burden. It's a gift of love that He gives us with this word of truth. If you don't pack this, you'll be lost. Some would say that this exclusiveness is, is, is just too judgmental. But John doesn't want to miss out. John doesn't want us to miss out on this love from God. He says in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you know that you have eternal life. And we know it when we pack these gifts. And we pack it with assurance now. And what does assurance look like? John describes in verse 14 and following. He says it looks like prayer. A confidence in our prayers. Barclay says that whatever mysteries or perplexities may be involved with prayer, the child of God can come with boldness to make his request known to the Father. Having packed these gifts, now we can come to him with boldness. And as we come to him with boldness in prayer, knowing that he hears us, we can then help others and pray for others not to pack things that they should not, like sin. Not walking in the light with repentance, with right belief and obedience and faith and love. Those are the things to pack. Sin is to be put aside by God's grace. 
On this All Saints Day, I don't want you to have any doubt. I want you to be full of confidence, as John encourages us to have. To have the assurance of our salvation. That we walk together now as a community of saints. And who again walk together in eternity. As we remember those who have gone ahead of us in the feast that we share today. We, f- we share that foretaste of the feast to come in this table of grace. So when do we walk in the light is the question I have for us today. And where do we walk in the light? Luther helps us here too. He says that as we live in this world, we, we live in three estates, he calls it. This vocation or calling, this daily calling that we have. I like how he puts it, the common order of Christian love. You see, John's been teaching us to live this out in love. And how do we do that? We do that in the places that we live and serve every day. The first estate is the estate of the church. The body of Christ. The fellowship of believers. We do that as we gather for worship here on the weekend. We do that in Bible study together. We do that in service together. We do that cheering one another on all week long in relationship with one another, doing life together. We're encouraged and called to cheer one another on the faith. As we've been cheered on by the saints who have gone before us, we do the same with us here gathered today. We live as a community. We were not designed to do this alone. And so the first estate that we walk in light in is the body of Christ. The next is the household. And that includes friends and family and even the, our daily work. Our vo- what we call today our vocation. Luther wanted to expand that word vocation to much more than that. He wants us to see us living out this walking in the light in our homes with our loved ones. With those closest to us with our co-workers, with our schoolmates. And then finally, Luther talks about the state. He says that we live out our Christian faith. This walking in the light happens in society. Yes, that includes voting on Tuesday as we pray for God to give us wisdom and to lead us and to lead our nation. And so we come to to serving God, walking in the light in government even. The Lord's Prayer invites us to pray for it when he says, give us our day, our daily bread. Luther says you can pray for a good government. Pray for God to be present there. And so we live out our faith in church, the body of Christ. We live out our faith in our household, in our daily lives. We live out our faith in the state, in our community, in society. There is no corner of our lives where we are not invited to walk in the light. We are called to live out a life of repentance and of true belief and obedience and love and faith in each of these estates. Are you walking in the light in every corner of your daily calling? This is our invitation and our call. And then John ends his letter by saying this, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true to His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. Little children, 
Keep yourselves from idols. What is he talking about? Ending all of a sudden idols show up. He's reminding us that nothing we do gets us to God. Walking in the light is not some new idol that makes your ability possible to come to Jesus. But knowing that we are justified by grace through faith in Christ enables us to see our work not as an idol, as Veith puts it, but as a gift. Walking in the light is a gift that makes our joy complete, that assures us of the astonishing truth that cannot be undone, that those in Christ are children of God who repent, who obey God, who believe in the testimony of who Jesus is and who love, and all woven together in every aspect of our lives, all by a gift of faith made possible by the very personal God who is with us, our helper, the Holy Spirit. So we can pray, God help us to every day, in every way, walk in the light. Amen.